The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. On this first segment, we're going to be focusing on the Middle Point Landfill. Mike Klassen is with us. He is the general manager there at Middle Point. First of all, good morning to you, Mike. Good morning, Bart. Great to be here. Good to have you here. It feels like fall. It sure does. Yeah, we love it. It's a nice, wonderful break in the weather for yeah. us. Yep. Football season is, is on us. You got it, yes. And volleyball season, if you're yeah. into that. Yeah, the whole bit. <laughs> Well, tell us, uh, Middle Point has been doing quite a few things in the area with open houses. What have been the responses you have received during those open houses? Sure. Yeah. So really since the end of June, um, every two weeks, now extending through the end of October, we're having community open houses. And the point of those is really twofold. One, we want to hear from people. We want people to have a venue to ask their questions, to get the real information out there. And there's a lot of information, a lot of people talking about Middle Point, but uh, we want people to have a chance to really uh, hear firsthand what the facts are. And so those have had great attendance. We've had some uh, awesome neighbors come out. Also, a lot of county commissioners who have come out and really uh, use that as a venue to to get the real information and learn more about Middle Point and the future of how we're going to manage waste here in the community. What looks like uh, the future? I mean, anything new on the horizon? Yeah, you know, when we're talking about middle point, we're talking about, uh, again, we have about five and a half years uh, remaining of capacity. And so we're looking at opportunities for what's next as a community. You know, even if this community decides to build a transfer station, right, which, I, which the county commission has voted for, that still is just shipping the waste somewhere else. It's still just landfilling it. Hopefully someone else will take it. We're not graduating and sort of leveling up our waste management system. And one of the things we've really heard from people, aside from economics, which is the number one thing we've heard at these open houses, is we want to do more than just landfill. We want to have a recycling facility. We want to have a place where we can compost. We want to have a place where we can take care of household hazardous waste and lithium ion batteries, all those things that we know shouldn't go in a landfill. We, the community, wants facilities here in Rutherford County to manage those. And so that's really what we're looking to do. You know, as any future um, that would involve Middle Point Landfill, that has to be part of it. Republic needs to build those types of facilities for the community and really step up and be a leader and say, we're going to help take us to that next level. And so if we have those things, the recycling uh, the battery, uh, you know, recycling yeah. or not recycling, but how to discard the batteries. Mm -hmm. Will that be at middle point or will it be at convenience centers? How do we do that? How do we mechanically put it together? Yeah. So, you know, what we're proposing is a future where, um, you know, the past of Middle Point Landfill, um, it served its purpose, but we have to graduate. We have to collectively and as leaders in this community, we have to level up our, our system for managing solid waste. And so what, what we like to propose is to actually build all of those facilities at Middle Point to really convert it from a landfill into more of a sustainability campus. Things that have recycling, but also public education and environmental education outreach into our schools, green space, public parks, again, sort of transforming it into an integrated waste management campus and not just a landfill. You know, it, even no matter what 
the, both the city and the county um, are looking at alternatives, landfills are always going to be part at some level, form or fashion of the of the long term strategy. And so we know that we have the facility. It's already right here. There's a lot of opportunity for us to build that funded by Republic as a service to the county um, and, and really get our waste system where it needs to be in the modern world. There have been conversations about different processes that would enable you to, I guess, almost recycle the stuff that's in the landfill already. Uh, is there anything that you're looking at that would enable you to do that and just basically uh, prolong the life that way? Yeah, you know, really, when we look at uh, the recycling opportunities, it's more on the front end of the waste before it gets disposed. Once that waste is in the facility, I think a lot of the discussion has been with the old Rutherford County landfill, which was sort of an unlined dump, right, right up there along the river. Um, once you start digging into that and you start trying to uh, excavate valuable materials, you just don't know what you're going to find. And really, the best thing to do for human health of the environment is just to encapsulate it manage it really closely and leave it alone and really manage our, our waste moving forward in a way that limits all of the waste we're sending to the landfill. Has the landfill business changed dramatically over the decades? Sure. You know, the reason uh, the county entered into an agreement with Middle Point in the first place was because of really stringent federal regulations in the early 90s, which made it cost prohibitive for all of these small communities to actually uh, uh, manage their landfills because they had all these unlined dumps everywhere, scattered everywhere, right? Landfills today are modern, highly engineered containment facilities, which is part of why they're so expensive to run. You know, we talk about economics all the time, and I've heard so much about economics at these open houses. I think a lot of citizens don't fully realize the economic benefit they're getting with free disposal with a local modern landfill. And alternatively, what the exorbitant cost is going to be to this community if the decision ultimately is made to close, to let Middle Point close and not expand that facility, that, that someone's going to have to pay for the trash to be shipped somewhere else or for new facilities to be built using technology that's not proven. There's real significant taxes that are going to hit every citizen and every business here in Rutherford County. And that that's really where a lot of the people are concerned about that, and rightfully so. We have a text here from a listener who says, I've always been concerned with the fact that the landfill is on the river. They had a permit to build another landfill to replace this one. It was also on a river. Why are the landfills on rivers? It's a really good question, and you see this across the United States. A lot of times, um, downtowns and industries were built on rivers, so landfills were put right next to that just for proximity, just for convenience. And so it's really sort of a vestige of a lot of historical decisions. But one thing that's really important to talk about at Middle Point, which we talk about at our open houses a lot, is environmental compliance. Um, Middle Point has a network of monitoring wells around the landfill, and over the entire life of that facility, there has never been a time where we have had an exceedance of a groundwater protection standard in any of those wells. So no groundwater contamination is coming from Middle Point, and we know that and we monitor it. Now, the county's landfill, alternatively, which sits on the river, that has a history of groundwater contamination, and that's just because it's an old, unlined site that's sitting right on the river, which you know it does happen with older facilities. So it's just one of the places that uh, is, I guess, less likely to be developed for something else. So they put the 
Uh, landfill there with factories. Yep, proximity to industry. As so many so many decisions we made as a community forty or fifty years ago, you got you're like now nah, looking back, maybe we should have done something different. Yeah. Now last week you were in court trying to uh, get the uh, system going again, going forward. Tell us what promoted you. What made you decide to go to court and what you felt you you know how did it go for you sure so look republic services is committed to ensuring that middle tennesseans have long-term low-cost disposal of their solid waste and the only way that's possible is through an expansion to middle point so there's a couple different alternatives though on the table so there's the ability to expand uh, north towards jefferson pike or the opportunity to expand sort of south onto the county's property that's owned the county landfill. Um, we got to keep all those options on the table because we're, you know, in active conversations all over the place. So what we're in court for um, is related to the northern expansion towards Jefferson Pike, not our preferred direction to go, but something that we have to keep on the table. So um, you know, we had submitted an application to expand that way to the Central Tennessee Solid Waste Region Board. Um, that board ultimately uh, denied the application, um, acting well outside of what we feel was their um, their authority. And so that's we just took that appeal to the court to to get a ruling on that. No decision was made by the court, so we should know in about three to four weeks um, what the decision was, if our appeal was successful or not. But look, either way, um, we are going to continue to work with the leadership of Rutherford County to find the best solution for this community. That's what we want. We want to hear what the county leaders, the commission have to say. We want to know what their priorities are. And I think we've done that. And we want to craft a long-term solution for this community that takes care of the waste disposal and recycling needs in a low-cost, durable way. Now, if you did move forward toward west or toward Jefferson Pike yeah. as opposed to toward the river how much land would that give you this is currently the area that has uh, had the soil taken out of it yeah it's currently um you see it as the the middle point park basically those ball fields and softball and football fields that are up there as well as some parking lots and other things that's all land that we own and we just as a community service we lease those fields out for a dollar to some teams that don't otherwise have a home field. And so it's all land that's properly owned and zoned already by us. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's about 90 acres. From, it's already zoned for landfill. It's already zoned for yeah heavy industrial with special use exemption for landfill. Yep. So really there's just that last uh, hurdle with the central Tennessee solid waste region board. Again, that's a, that's a last ditch op option, right? We don't want to be filling up closer to Jefferson Pike. I don't think people want us there. We think that land would be much better used if we paid to turn it into a park system and we paid to turn it into softball fields and baseball complex, kind of like Seagull soccer fields are. And we paid to interconnect that facility with trails to East Fork of the Stones River and turned it into a community space that's really usable and vibrant and productive for the community. That's what we would rather use that facility for. Um, but the only way we can do that is if we're able to expand south onto the county landfill. We have another question from a listener who said, uh, a few years ago, I used to fly my model airplane there with a group of people who are at the model airplane club. Whatever happened to that area? 
So that area still exists. Um, it, it turned out there's some uh, regulations around, and you wouldn't think FAA regulations apply to model airplanes, but with drones and model airplanes and everything else, they do. Um, and ultimately, um, FAA has some regulations about the proximity that um, planes can operate near landfills because landfills do have you know some birds and some other, and you see those around middle point sometimes. And so from a safety standpoint, so there's not this mid-air collision with planes and birds, uh, ultimately. I never we had thought to, about yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep, yep. So and I guess the birds are the vultures. Yeah. Which are big birds. <laughs> yeah, vultures. We have some seagulls. We also have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of great birds too, egrets and herons and a lot of duck families and geese. And, you know, Middle Point sits on 450 acres and, you know, some of it, 200 of that's a landfill, but the rest of it is really a beautiful environmental space with a whole bunch of ecosystem going out there that we take a lot of pride in cultivating. So right now you basically have two looks like two options uh, on on the board uh well maybe three options uh one would be to expand at the old county landfill mm-hmm. one is to expand toward the front your your back expansion is sort of closed it looks like right now uh, or the another option would be to to close when you fill up that's right. Yep. Theoretically, we could we could close when we fill up. And that's, you know, that's... And that's how many years from now, you think? You know, right now, if nothing changes, five and a half years. Um, what I think people need to remember, though, is, you know, as the operator of the business, we have the ability to reduce the amount of tons we take in whenever we want to, to extend the life of middle point. So we say we have five and a half years of remaining capacity. That's if we don't restrict the volume coming in. If we don't say, hey, we're not going to take any more tons from a number of different customers because we need to stay in business for longer. So, you know, we don't have any intention of closing our doors in five and a half years. We've invested a lot in being in this community. We think we're a very important part of the economy of this community, and we intend to be here for the long term. Well, and that brings up a whole new direction because we'd never heard you talking about that. If you obviously are a business, a for-profit business, if you decide to reduce the amount of business that you take in, you reduce your income, how can you do that and, and stay in business? Yeah, you know, it's an it's a investment in the long term, right? It's an investment into the future. You know, we, we, we aren't just a landfill here in Rutherford County. We also have a, a waste and recycling collection company. We're the largest collector of waste in this entire county and all of Middle Tennessee. So all of these, this building, I think, actually has a, a, a blue dumpster. So you have the Republic dumpsters you see all over the community, whether in carts or behind buildings. Um, that has to have a place to go. And so, you know, we have we have an investment both on that side and the landfill side. And again, it's just, it's a, we, we view as that as an investment into uh, long-term here in the community. All righty. Uh, so as you look at things at this point, you're going to be with us for five and a half years, at least, it sounds like. That's right. You're stuck. At least with me, Bart, you and I are going to be here five and a half more years. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, there's still an opportunity for people in the community to come to one of your open houses, ask any questions they want. 
where are those open houses uh, for now through, you said, through early October? Yeah, the, the next one is September 13th at the uh, Rutherford County Chamber of Commerce. And then we have all of the future ones uh, published on our website. We also are sending them out as press releases. And so if you go to middlepointlandfill.com, we really want to hear from people like this is this is a conversation that needs to be happening. People need to understand we want. First of all, we want to hear from you. Uh, we want to answer your questions. You, you'll meet me in person, um, you know, for better or for worse. You'll have to um, we'll, we'll get a chance to interact and give you my business card and you'll get my cell phone number. And if you have real questions, you want to come out to the facility like that's the level of community engagement we're seeking. Um Waste is all of our problem. It's not just Republic's problem. We're not generating the waste. We're just responsibly managing it. And so we're really excited. Please come out every two weeks. Again, it'll be published. Next one is September 13th at 5 p.m. at the Rutherford County Chamber of Commerce. Here's a, another text from a listener, and they're saying that they live several miles from the landfill, but they're still smelling the landfill occasionally. Or they still smell, uh, they say they smell the landfill we don't know what they're smelling. Uh, how can they know what it is that's causing the smell? Sure. And I, and that can certainly be frustrating. And I try and put myself in people's shoes um, who have lived next to the landfill for a long time. And if my, me and my family lived there and had to go through what some of them have gone through, I'd be frustrated too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt about it. We take a lot of pride in, over the last three years, we've invested over $15 million exclusively in our ability to collect and destroy landfill gas, which is what creates odors. We've doubled the amount of landfill gas we collect and our odor complaints are down over 98%. We have a high-tech system of monitoring devices all around the perimeter of the landfill that can model when and where there's the potential for odors. What I would say is if, you're, if you believe you're smelling something uh, several miles away from middle point, um, it's, it's far more likely that it's another source there in the community, whether a sanitary sewer lift station or something else along those lines. Um, right now, we, the evidence that we see there doesn't, doesn't prove out that we have sort of pervasive odors in the community. And anecdotally, that's what we're hearing at the open houses. People are coming, not saying you stink. They're saying you used to stink and it's awesome that you fixed it. How did you do it? And also, how do we make sure that it stays that way? You know, we don't want to slide back as a community. And those are all really fair questions. And I won't, I'll tease the answer right now. Happy to answer those, but you got to come out to our open houses to hear the whole thing. There now, talk a little bit more. You had talked on the last time about uh, using some of those gases and sending them to Atmos Energy through a pipeline. Yeah. How is that? Uh, is that still possible? Is it still in the planning stage, where does it stand? Yeah, you know, we actually um, are just in the very, very final stages of our last permit with the county. Had some roadblocks. Um, unfortunately, some you know red tape politics got in the way, um, as it can always happen with Middle Point. But ultimately, uh, 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 justice prevailed, I guess. And people understand this is a really great project. We're taking all of the gas that's being burnt right now and just flared up into the atmosphere converting it into renewable natural gas and injecting it into the Atmos Energy Pipeline, they're going down 231. Enough gas to heat over 80,000 homes per year. Um, That we're just now breaking ground. We're looking at uh, about end of May of next year for that facility to be totally up and operational. And uh, it's going to be a really, really exciting project for low-cost renewable energy here in Rutherford County. And we're really, really, really excited about it.
So it will happen. Yes, it, it is happening as we speak. Yep, approvals have gone through. Um, zoning is all taken care of. County commission and county planning has approved. And so, yes, it, it, is, it is currently under construction right now as we speak. Before we leave, uh, again, your next public meeting, when is it and where is it? Sure thing. It's uh, September 13th. That's a Wednesday, 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, free food, food truck, games outside, all those good things, some free giveaways as well. And that's at the uh, Rutherford County Chamber of Commerce. Very good. Any final thoughts that we've left out that you wanted to touch on? No, look, always appreciate you coming on. Uh, we just really want to encourage people to come out to the open houses. We think this issue uh, only gets solved when people get the real information and have an opportunity to be heard and be part of the discussion rather than kind of being shut out and it happening without them. Mike Klassen, our guest on this segment of the Action Line, and he of course is the general manager at the landfill here in town. It's uh, very much in the news these days, Middle Point Landfill, and as you heard him say, uh, the gas pipe, that project is underway and has been approved and should be finished about when again? About May of next year. Be looking forward to that. Yes, sir. Mike, thanks again for joining us this morning. You bet. Stay with us. Much more to come. We're going to be talking next about uh, the correlation between the Parkinson's disease and dementia. You heard that this morning on CBS News. There is a correlation. And uh, we've known that to a degree. Not fully, but uh, it's in the news these days. That's our topic next segment. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, and our hand fed baby bird nursery is starting to fill up. If you are looking for your next sweet feathered companion, come in and see us. Find your next pre-loved, pre-spoiled pet here at Animal City. Be sure to check out our downstairs level. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. Animal City is located at 919 Northwest Broad Street. Hi, this is Peter Demas. One of the things that we've done years ago is we've been able to do our orders like our pastas and many other items that we used to be able to put them in large pans and now we have a catering team that will even deliver it to your home. We can drop it off for you, set it up, or they can come in and pick it up. Look up our catering menu on www.demasrestaurants.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We'll see sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the mid-80s. Northeast winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy and a low near 62. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 59. 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area, coming in from Rutherford County, still on the scene of a wreck in Madison at OHB at 3rd Avenue. The fire EMS remain on the scene at that location. Traffic's increased even more through the Mount Julian area, coming in from Wilson County on I-40. Dixon County traffic's been in pretty good shape, but it's busy on 40 east up through Kingston Springs. Nash Painting Services all in Middle Tennessee, and they do a wonderful job. Check out their website today at nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Welcome back on this portion of the WGNS Action Line. We're going to be talking about the Parkinson Support Group here in town. And hopefully all of you knew that there was a, Depart- a Parkinson Support Group because they do a tremendous job. And visiting with us this morning from the St. Clair Street Senior Center, the Wellness Education Coordinator, Laura Grissom. Hey, Laura, good morning to you. Good to, good to have you here today. For some reason, I'm not hearing you, though. Let me try this again. I, as I mentioned, we put in new equipment, and sometimes we get along with the equipment, and sometimes we don't. But I'm not How trying about to now? Yeah, I do hear okay, you now. Okay, there we go. All righty. Good to have you here today. Uh, when is the Parkinson Support Group? When do they meet? So our Parkinson Support Group meets at St. Clair usually on the first Friday of the month at 10 o'clock. Um, which would be tomorrow, but they're not going to be meeting tomorrow because it's a holiday weekend. So if that Friday falls on a holiday weekend, a lot of times they'll wait and go the next Friday. So they'll be meeting September the 8th. Okay, so make that a point. What type of information is shared at those meetings? Well, we have a a fantastic leader, uh, Ron Ream, and his wife Sharon lead that group, and um, they bring in guest speakers a lot of times so they will come in and speak on everything from maybe the newest medications that are offered to those who have Parkinson's disease Um, they bring in maybe a physical therapist who will come in and show them some exercise some movements that can help them Um, they do a lot of activities outside of the support group as well they get together quite often doing anything from bowling i think ron was telling me they did a bowling uh get together a while back and of course everybody likes to get together and eat so they do different things can't beat that <laughs> can never beat that so they they get together not just to speak about parkinson's and ways that you can live with that a little bit better a little bit easier but they also just get together as a group of folks um who have some something in common and who are trying to live the best life they can. There was a program this morning, our CBS Morning News included uh, uh, some information that Parkinson's disease and dementia are now linked. Uh, of course, I think you had mentioned that was the thought all along, but I think the Johns Hopkins group has, uh, has found this e- even more uh, especially linked uh, through genes and things of that sort. What will this will this enable you to better serve the community who suffers from Parkinson's and I guess also with dementia? Well, I, I think that anytime you learn something uh, about health, you know, more health information we have, the better. And so I, I would say that hopefully this if nothing else will get people to be more aware of what's going on in their lives and I think that that's often an issue is people may have some symptoms of early dementia or symptoms of of Parkinson's you know early on and they 
just kind of put their head in the sand and don't want to deal with it. So um, maybe because dementia, Alzheimer's disease is more prevalent, people hear about that more often than maybe Parkinson's. This would be a way for people to, um, again, maybe try to do something about what's going on with their bodies, with their health, rather than just ignoring it. Now, this is not the only particular uh, support group that you have at uh, the St. Clair Center. Tell us about the variety, because a lot of people don't realize Mm -hmm. that you have this service at St. Clair. Yes, sir. We have several support groups at St. Clair. We do, of course, like I said, the Parkinson's, they normally meet the first Friday of the month at 10 o'clock. We have a wonderful widow support group, and they meet the... Oh, let me make sure I get this right. The first and third Fridays of the month at 930. And Judy Jennings leads that group of ladies. And again, it's just such a wonderful way for people who have something in common, even if it's something you don't want. (laughs) They have something in common and they can come together and talk about how they have gotten through these rough days. And, you know, things that um, even not just about the widowhood itself, but maybe your husband took care of everything around the house and now you're like oh my goodness what you know i don't even know what to do or who to turn to for this and they offer support for that kind of thing judy brings in um gentlemen who are handymen or attorneys who can talk to you about legal issues so they really try to cover so many different things um so we have a widow support group that meets twice a month we have a grief support group and they meet every week so they that's also on wednesdays we have um several different things happening on wednesdays a grief support group that meets every wednesday and we have a um let me see we've got one more that i'm forgetting here um, well, we, it's not really a support group, but it kind of is a harmonicas for health. Which that I is great. You, yes. Yeah. We've participated in that and yes. that builds up your lungs. Yes. That is a wonderful physical support group, but it's also, you know, a, a support group in, on its own in that, um, most of the folks in that group have some sort of lung issue and that's how it originally started mm-hmm. as people who had maybe COPD and, and the playing the harmonica actually strengthens your lungs. So it does help you physically, but it's also just, again, a group of folks coming together, supporting one another who have possibly the same issues. Now, for people who would like to find out more about the St. Clair Senior Center, uh, is there an age group? Do you have to be a certain age to be able to participate? Yes. Um, I'm sorry, but you do. You have to be <laughs> 60 or over to participate at St. Clair. The, the only exception to that is if you're married to somebody who is 60 or over. So if your spouse is 60 or over, then you could be however old you are. Even 29. <laughs> Even 29. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the big thing is this information that we're finding with the relation of Parkinson's disease and dementia. Uh, and you had told me some statistics were those state statistics or national where you said dementia is down but Parkinson's up a little bit? Yeah, nationally um, they are saying, and you know the funny thing is is I always say you can find a study to, to support almost anything you say. Um, it, it's just kind of, sometimes it's the way you word things or the way you categorize things, but uh, the cases of dementia are down. Um, however, they're seeing... I feel like they're seeing a few more in the younger folks than they used to. But overall, in older people, the cases of dementia have gone down. 
Now, and I, is there a, a some cause for Parkinson's disease? Uh, is is it diet? Is it heredity? What what do they think it is? Well, again, it, it's not really known what causes Parkinson's. They they you know put a little bit to genetics possibly. They put some to your environment. Um, like there are some studies that say that being exposed to pesticides, that kind of thing. And I have also heard that um, it's a possibility that high stress, a life of high, high stress could be a, a problem, you mm-hmm. know, that could possibly lead to that. So they don't know uh, for sure. They're not saying that it is necessarily genetic, but then on the other hand, they say if a lot of people in your family have it, you're more likely to get it. So, again, you can read a lot of different things. (laughs) Um, And I do wish Ron were here to to help us with that uh, because he knows a little bit more about that probably than I do. But um, I will say this. Along Parkinson's, dementia, so many other things, cancers, we have some control. Again, not all, but we have some control over the things that happen to us health-wise if we keep movement in our lives exercise you know don't be sedentary um if you eat a proper diet nutrition is is a big part of a lot of different health issues um socialization you know the uh, brain activity all these things that that you kind of hear off and on they really do help you i'm not saying they're going to prevent but they can help you um hopefully maybe not get into one of those diagnoses it seems, too, that uh, people who have, for example, Parkinson's disease, now with certain medications and I guess with certain exercises, things of that sort, they live a, a relatively normal life for a much longer period of time. They can. And, and the thing about Parkinson's I have learned and seen is that it is so individualized. I mean, you can know somebody who's had Parkinson's for years and years and you may not even necessarily be able to put your finger on that's what they have. Um, and then some people don't have it for a long time, and, and they go down here very quickly. So it, it is a very personal, individualized um, disease. Some people have certain symptoms with it, while others may never have those symptoms. Uh, I noticed that this CBS report that we had this morning talks about Parkinson's disease uh, arises from decreased dopamine production in the brain mm-hmm. uh what what is do you know what dopamine is i'm, I'm not I've, I've heard that word but i don't know what it is yes it's it's a chemical in the brain and and yeah that that gets into a lot of deep medical stuff <laughs> but that is true that is is there's a part of the brain where that is produced and is that production and they don't know why why the brain stops that um, but that is, they have decided that is, you know, what happens when you have Parkinson's. And, of course, dopamine has to do with your mood and, and those sorts of things. But um, So we're back again. Get the stress out of your life. Exercise. <laughs> yeah. Do, we keep hearing this. I know. I mean, on <laughs> not just Parkinson's, but we hear it on heart disease. We hear it on everything. just everything. Yeah. 
when are we going to start listening? I, I mean, there must know, be a Bart. relation because <laughs> everyone says exercise, stay fit, yeah. drink plenty of water, things, yeah. those yeah. things. Yeah, and it is. And, and I know it, I feel like a broken record because I say these things all the time. But it is true. It, it is. You have some control over what happens to your body. And I feel like a lot of people, especially as we get older, and, and it's not necessarily their fault because we've been told, oh, you're getting older that's just going to happen because you're getting older. They go to the doctor and say, this is happening, that is happening. And the doctor says, well, you're getting older. But Nobody we, wants to hear that. No, <laughs> and, but you, and some things do happen to us as we age, but that doesn't mean that you're automatically going to become a diabetic, that you're automatically going to have, you know, dementia, that you're going to have this or that. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, you do as much as you can on your end to prevent those things. And, and again, it comes back to the whole exercise and, and, and diet and the things that we do with our minds, you know, what you spend your time on, those kinds of things. They all matter. Uh, here's a listener who says they are in a class that you offer and that they uh, are receiving a lot of help from that. And when they started it, they had a hard time moving around, but now they feel like they're pretty much getting normal again oh (laughs) and it happens i mean i do hear that pretty often that you know even just kind of a what some people may call a lower level exercise can really make a big difference in just the everyday things that we do from shopping to you know wanting to play with your grandkids or um, go on that trip Uh, because a lot of a lot of people don't end up getting to do some of the things they want to do like traveling because there's a lot of walking involved Mm -hmm. and they may say well I can't do that but I have had many people tell me that once they've been in an exercise program on a regular basis that they were able to go on these trips and do this walking and it it makes a big difference yeah it it actually works. And the St. Clair Center also does trips so for somebody who's thinking about taking a trip in the spring do they have enough time to sort of get their body in shape? Oh, sure, yeah. You've got if you're going to do something in the spring, um, if you even if you've been totally sedentary, if you go ahead and start today and and you start walking a little bit, you know, we always tell people walk around your house. You don't have to go somewhere. You can just walk around the inside of your home. Um, but yeah, you can come to St. Clair and walk throughout the building. You can go to one of the other uh, facilities in town, Patterson Sportscom. And again, if you're a senior, you probably have silver sneakers or something through your insurance that um, most of those places are not going to charge you to to do their programs. And of course, St. Clair doesn't charge for most of our programs. So there's really no excuse not to do it. (laughs) (laughs) You lost the excuse. Uh, How much walking, if if somebody's saying, well, I want to go ahead and try it and I'll start at home. Mm -hmm. Well, because that's an excuse not to go anywhere else. Uh, Mm -hmm. How much walking should they do? Well, it, it will depend on on you, on, on your medical, your health conditions, those sorts of things. If you've, if you've been sitting around doing absolutely nothing, start with five minutes. I mean, you know, So get, you do it all the time. Sure, yeah. Or, or get up and, and walk during commercials. You know, if you're a TV watcher, when the commercial comes on, get up and walk around the house. Come back when the show starts again. I mean, there are so many ways to start out that way. You can um, time yourself or, you know, you say every time... Every morning when I get up, I'm going to do it. After I eat a meal, I'm going to do it. You know, different ways that you can find. But again, you have to do it. And I feel like if you schedule it, and I tell people all the time, if you write it down, you're much more likely to do it as well. 
And so if you have been sedentary for a good period of time and it's difficult to do a prolonged walking like you would like to do if you take a trip, mm-hmm. uh, how, how long will it take you to get to that point? Well, again, that'll depend on the person. It'll depend on your, your health conditions, your weight, your background, all of those things. But in a, in a lot of it will depend on how hard you want to work at it. <laughs> that's, that's the way <laughs> life is. We're going to pause for just a moment, and we'll continue the conversation with Laura Grissom from the St. Clair Senior Center. As you heard this morning on CBS News, there is a direct relationship between Parkinson's disease and dementia. And uh, that's, that's a positive to learn that. So uh, we'll continue in just a moment. We've got your local sports fix. Weekdays at 5, it's all sports talk with Monty Hale Jr. and Tim Tackett here on WGNS. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your gardening needs. We'd have everything you want for those gardens and your lawns. If you're needing special gifts or if you're trying to take care of your feathered friends and furry friends, please come see us. Tina, where are you located? The Rutherford Co-op is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. And you don't have to be a member to shop here. The Rutherford Farmers Co-op on Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off South Church. We'll see sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the mid-80s. Northeast winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy and a low near 62. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 59. He's local. Certified financial planner Jason Qualls. Financial Coaching Radio. Weekdays at 4 on News Radio WGNS. Laura Grissom is our guest this morning from the St. Clair Street Senior Center. We're talking about their Parkinson support group and other support groups. You mentioned there was another support group about to get started over at St. Clair. Tell us about that. Yes, Bart, we're very excited. We have a new support group starting in October for people with macular degeneration, which is another condition that we see often in our seniors. It is um, where you have difficulty with your eyesight. So we have a gentleman who was recently diagnosed with macular degeneration, and he the way he's dealing with it, which I'm, I'm so impressed by, is he wants to help others. Because he said when he was diagnosed, he started looking around for a support group. And there are none anywhere around here. The closest one was Chattanooga. Wow. So he said, well, I just decided that I would start a support group. And so he thought of the senior center again because it's usually with older folks. And um, so I said, well, goodness, yes, we would love to have that. So that's going to be beginning in October, so um, make sure that you're checking our website. Uh, If you're a a participant at the center, it'll be in our emails and that kind of thing. But they're going to meet a couple of times a month, and um, he's very 
passionate about helping folks with this vision problem. And that opens in October, you yes. say? And, yes. And that's one of those diseases, because we have touched on that one as well on the radio, that uh, if you, you want to be sure you know that you have it early because there's a, a procedure you can do that sort of maintains, keeps it from growing. You can't reverse it, you but reverse uh, it, it keeps it from getting worse. Well, there are some some treatments that can for some people. Again, um, it's different for everybody, but some treatments can help it at least slow down the progress. Of course, there are different kinds of the macular degeneration and... Um, and again, just like with everything else, it's going to be different for every person, but they do have some treatments that are helping slow the progress of that disease, yes. That is phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, just uh, it just happened that as we had scheduled this broadcast <laughs> to talk about Parkinson's, uh, CBS made the announcement this yeah. morning about uh, the direct relationship between Parkinson's and dementia and how some studies are showing some really groundbreaking changes mm -hmm. uh, in those uh, the ways they treat the diseases and it seems like more and more things are related to each other yeah it really does um, and, and I think it's gonna I think it's going to be helpful again to find out about what can cause things of course if <laughs> but on the flip side, we know, like we just talked about earlier, some things you can do to keep things from happening or maybe delaying them and people don't do them. But um, to, just to know what causes things or if you have this, you might want to look for this. I think those things are very important. Um, there is a statistic out there that I actually read this morning that said even though... Um, there is a there is dementia is going down as far as the numbers there are still so many people in our country who do suffer from dementia um and i think it was like five out of ten it was a pretty small number said they would want to know or, or that they talk to their doctor if they start having early signs of dementia they they people tend to hide their heads in the sand and i think that's one of the biggest things we need to work on is folks getting the treatment, talking with their healthcare providers, doing research on what can help the condition that you have, and then doing those things. With the Parkinson's disease, uh, there were several symptoms released by CBS, uh, one of those being depression, yeah. uh, and then uh, gastrointestinal problems mm -hmm. like constipation mm -hmm. uh, and problems with urination. We don't mm -hmm. think about these things. Right. Trouble chewing and swallowing food, memory loss, mm. hallucinations. Yes. It's it's a rough it's a rough disease, it really is. And um, then weight if you have weight loss, looks like I'm safe on that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, a lot of folks with Parkinson's do tend to, to lose weight. And and you know, you think about that. If you're having difficulty chewing and swallowing Mm -hmm. Of course. I mean, you have a loss of smell often. You can't smell. And if you don't smell, more than likely your taste is not very good either. So, you know, just that the desire to eat kind of can go away if you have those issues. But like anything else, we need to keep our bodies moving. Yes. And, and that's one area that the St. Clair Senior mm -hmm. Center really shines in. Mm -hmm. uh, and it looks like that's one of those areas 
that if you can do that, it's going to solve a lot of your problems, not just uh, Parkinson's disease, dementia, yeah. any of them. Uh, it's going to solve so many of them. So many things. Not to mention it just makes you feel better. I mean, the endorphins are released. We've talked about this over and over again. You know, when you exercise, when you keep your body in motion, that does physical things to your brain that make you feel better, that gets you in a better mood. Um, so, yes, if, if people will just get some movement. And, again, you don't have to be a marathon runner. You don't have to do anything fantastic. You just have to keep your body moving. So start moving. A uh, good place <laughs> to start is the St. Clair Street Center. Yes. You have Laura Grissom a call there, and uh, or just uh, go to the website. What is yeah. the web address? You can go to the uh, MurfreesboroTN.gov. We are a part of the city of Murfreesboro, and then you can put slash senior center or just go to the Murfreesboro website, and we will be on there. You can click on us, and then you can keep clicking, and <laughs> you get to our senior connection, which is our newsletter that tells you all of the events that we've got coming up for the next two months. And for people who want to do something about movement, start moving, uh, can they start doing that in the next few days? Are there classes open? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So you can call. Most of our fitness classes do not have a fee, so you can call and sign up for most of those. So if you want to look online, see what we offer, call up there and see if you can sign up or come by and talk to us. We'll be glad to let you know what we offer. Laura Grissom, our guest this morning from the St. Clair Street Senior Center. She is the Wellness Education Coordinator. Laura, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Bart. Have a super rest of the day. Stay with us. Much more to come.